0: Welcome back to the Teening Podcast. This is part two of our social media special. So if you haven't listened to the first one, I suggest you go back and listen. Um, You don't really need to listen to that one before you listen to this one, but, you know, it provides nuance. It provides a different opinion. So listen to that if you want. Um, I promise this one's going to be shorter than the last one. Something super easy that you can just turn on and listen to, and then 20 minutes later you can listen to something else. Um, as I said in the last episode, I could talk about social media forever. So I'm super excited to get into the good behind social media. I mean, as much as social media can be bad, can be damaging, there is a lot of it that is good. I mean, that's the reason why I return every day or multiple times a day, let's be honest. Um, In particular, I personally love seeing the life cycle of online trends, whether it's like jokes, um, trending apps, or any other kind of phenomena, and that's part of the reason why I'm on social so often is because I always want to be in on the joke. That's my toxic trait. Um, I'm the friend everybody goes to when they need explanations of what's happening in cyberspace, and I think internet literacy is above and beyond what sets today's young people apart from other generations. We have access to a million encyclopedias worth of information at our fingertips, and we can contact nearly anyone we want to with a few swift keystrokes, and honestly it's easier now than ever before to find your niche. You can find what you're interested in, what hobbies, you have or want to get into, and of course you can socialize with people who think the same, have similar interests, um, have completely different interests, have uh, completely different mindsets, and I think that's what I love most about the internet and social media in general. So while there are many articles online and on Teen Inc. about the cons of social media, um, I mean we did an entire podcast episode about that last week. I wanted to use this episode to focus on the good side of social media and focus on the levity that we often seek out online. So whether you go to Twitter to laugh, learn, or connect, I'm sure you'll enjoy these stories just as much as I did. Now, as I mentioned in my intro, I really enjoy the concept of internet trends and seeing how they start off, how they peak, and then how they die. So this first um, article that I'm going to read is dated. Um, it's about a trend from 2019 that really took the internet by storm, or at least uh, really took TikTok by storm, I think. Um, so keep that in mind. This I even I know that this is not a current trend that's going on. It's called Visco Culture More Than Shell Necklaces. Wait, let me read that again. Visco Culture More Than Shell Necklaces? There we go. And it's by Anonymous. If you aren't under the age of 18 or an avid Instagram user, you probably are unfamiliar with the app Visco. Visco is a photo editing app that provides presets and tools to enhance photo without having to use complicated or expensive programs like Adobe Photoshop or Lightroom. From the app's 2011 release until a year or so ago, this mission was consistent throughout the app's users. However, the Visco teenagers across the country know and use is nothing like what I just described. In order to provide a clear contrast between Visco's actual purpose and what's become of the app, I needed to find a good definition describing the shift the apps made recently. Unfortunately, the only information I found was from Urban Dictionary, which is not the source I typically use. I can't lie though, the most current Urban Dictionary definition of Visco is pretty accurate. Visco, where every girl gets in her feelings, realizes what a good relationship looks like, and finds the cutest things, makes you jealous of other people's friendships. As cringy as it is, Visco has turned into a social media platform where girls republish and favorite pictures of quotes relating to relationships and friends, relatable-ish memes and lots of puppies, and guys holding the puppies. Taking a look at my feed right now, the first three posts are republishes of a mirror selfie of a blonde girl, who I don't recognize but could be an influencer, a scene from the TV show Friends, and a picture saying, Republish if you wish you were tan. Yeah, definitely not the most profound content to say the least. However, posts like this have flourished with this new wave of visco culture. This culture has been branded by teenage girls to relate amongst their issues, typically related to either boys, schools, or their looks, and show that it's okay to not be perfect. Or at least that's what the super pretty girls in my feed wearing messy buns and oversized t-shirts are trying to tell me. Girls are reposting memes to their feed as well as pictures of the new common girl next door for my generation, the visco girl. My friends and I brainstormed some characteristics of a visco girl. She wears shell necklaces, tube tops from Brandy Melville, oversized t-shirts that cover her shorts, clumpy mascara, messy buns, and has blonde or brown hair, and is either tan or wishing she was. What makes a visco girl so popular amongst my generation is supposedly how average she is. Forever, the ideal girl has been a model, which is completely unrealistic. While the qualities of a visco girl don't apply to a majority of people, it still provides an achievable look for some. Not all. Trust me, going this deep into the topic is definitely a stretch. I doubt any visco girls or users had this intent in mind, but I view it as a small step in the right direction. While trying to look like anyone you're not can be a bad idea, visco girls are a slightly better alternative to the unhealthy habits and images associated with looking like today's models. Also, these girls still face everyday challenges. Nothing actually important, just boy problems, like some other teenage girls, adding more relatability. Alright, let's hop out of this overanalyzed rabbit hole for a second and focus on how and why this new wave of Visco came to be. The reason more girls are on Visco is directly related to Instagram. As of February 2019, 9% more females use Instagram than males. Instagram is obviously about posting photos, which most people edit nowadays. Therefore, female users are more likely to use Visco. And from my perspective, lots, not all, of the guys I know don't care about filtering their photos anyway. With a female dominated app like Visco, the content is now 99% of the time relating to girls. With the republished feature on Visco, any photo republished is shown to all of your followers, making it accessible for any picture to be widely spread. This could be why Visco Girls spread so quickly. When asked, a friend of mine credited the rise of Visco Girls to TikTok, the video sharing app previously known as Musically. Tons of funny videos about Visco and Visco Girls have been posted, exposing a separate audience to what the app entails. Similarly, anything on TikTok that appears on the For You page can get over hundreds of thousands of views, truly showing how social media can spread trends quicker than ever. That's enough analysis for today. Enjoy reposting pictures of puppies and Tom Holland on Visco, and maybe begin to post things of more importance. Or just use the app for its intended purpose and post an edited picture. The creators will probably be grateful for that. How Visco will evolve in the future remains a mystery, and when or if another trend will occur in the spray tanned hands of the Visco girls. The reaction the app's creators have on this craze and more articles detailing it is something I look forward to hearing as well. Alright, these next two articles made me laugh, and they are both written by the same author, so it's a double header. These are both written by Haley Griffith. And the first one that I'm going to read is called, I talk to the student that runs a bad parking Instagram account at my school. Instagram pages exposing students around schools are on the rise right now. From catching students sleeping during class to calling out bad posture, the account that has seen the most success at my school is undoubtedly a page dedicated to bad parking. Since its creation on November 8th, the account has seen a massive amount of popularity, accumulating an impressive 1,000 followers and averaging 235 likes per post. Co-owned by two anonymous students at my school, the account encourages other students to send them pictures through DMs to be posted on the page and make sure it blurs out license plates to preserve privacy. Reflecting back on why they started the account, one of the, o- one of the owners explains, I noticed other schools are doing it as well, so I figured I could just make everyone relate to the same thing and started a parking Instagram. Considering the account has only been up for a short amount of time, it is hard to find students that do not know of the account, as conversations spark about it in the halls nearly every day. The owner explains that the account was started with the intent of exposing bad parking and hoping to promote students to do better. A lot of people tell me that they have to go up and adjust because they're nervous to be on the Instagram. I think I've seen better parking since I've started it for sure, they explain. I talked with a junior at my school that has fallen victim to this account many times already, and the initial intention of exposing people to park better is proving to be effective in her case. I'm just not great at parking, which I guess is clear, but since being put on the account, I am more mindful of what my parking looks like or how it may affect other people, she explains. Promoting better parking is just one of the many fun parts of owning this page that people cannot seem to get enough of. Reflecting on the joys of having this account, the creator states, I like when people comment and expose their friends or expose other people like, Hey, is this your car? So I think when I see people comment on each other's posts when it's their friends is my favorite part. As to why the account has seen such a fast and dedicated fan base, the creator has a theory. I think it's something that everyone can relate to, and I feel like I've heard people talk about it and get close to someone based on my account, so I feel like it kind of creates friends in that way, the uh, account owner describes. One part of the account that makes it so likable and relatable to the high school audience is the humorous aspect of it. With the funny captions and banter with people in the comments, the account owner keeps things lighthearted. The same student mentioned above explains, I do find the account very funny, and I think it's a very harmless and fun way to cultivate community at the school and allows for students to bond over the humor of people who park bad, she continues. The owner of the account isn't coming from a place of meanness or intending to bully. They're just having a bit of fun. Students are loving this account, which brings into the question of whether it will continue to live on or not. The account owner has already thought through their plans for the future of the Instagram account. They express, I feel like I want to continue it. I mean, obviously, when it comes to summer, I'm probably going to stop. But I feel like when it comes time for me to graduate, I definitely want to pass it on to someone else because I want this to continue on. As the account only continues to gain more traction and more followers, the notorious bad parker offers some advice for people who may be scared of becoming the next victim. If you have enough time to readjust to a straighter parking job, it benefits the other people who park in the lot and keeps you from being made fun of on the page. When all else fails, students are encouraged to take the wise and simple words of the account owners to avoid being put on the page. Just park like a human and you won't end up on this account. Like I said earlier, this article made me laugh a lot. Um, Haley also writes in the author's comments that Instagram pages dedicated to schools are all the hype right now, and at my school, a bad parking page has really taken off. I wanted to get into the head of the owner of this account and see their motives and future plans for it going forward. I love how they don't take themselves too seriously and how much my school is enjoying this account. Me personally, I love the camaraderie that comes about when... People are shaming others on the internet, and especially like this one when it's very lighthearted. I think it's very effective. I mean, I've seen, I don't know, countless videos of of people doing things that are wrong or careless, and the comments absolutely roasting them. And in the case of this particular public Instagram account, um, it's actually turning out to be really good for uh, correcting human behavior. I, I get it, these are all new drivers, sometimes they're bad at parking, and if it if it takes shame, the shame of appearing on an anonymous Instagram account to keep you from taking up two spots, then I would say it's for the greater good. And dare I say, it might even be more effective than leaving a post-it note on someone's windshield. This kind of thing does also make me think of a Netflix mockumentary called American Bandle, which is also set in a high school. It is not about bad parking, but it is about that camaraderie that a school gets when um, it's kind of put in the limelight, in the show's case, a documentary made by its students. And um, yeah, correcting bad behavior through social media and through public shame. It could be very effective. Again, only when it's lighthearted. I'm only saying when it's lighthearted and funny. But yeah, it made me laugh. As I mentioned before, this last article is also written by Haley Griffith, and it's called Let's Bring Back Photo Dumps on Instagram for good. Lockdown. The era of whipped coffee and tiger king. Truly a period of our lives never to be forgotten. Dozens of viral trends came and went from early 2020, but it would be a waste to let these trends die off without even a trace, especially the photo dump trend that was circling Instagram last year. Photo dumps on Instagram are exactly what they sound like, a cluster of photos that have been piling up on one's camera roll that have nothing to do with each other in one collective post. Sounds kind of strange at first, but the trend gives a new and refreshing taste to Instagram that is rarely ever seen. Liz Summer with Stay Hip explains, the idea of a photo dump is that it lets people share photos that might not fit into their curated aesthetic or may not be current. These unfiltered and goofy photos bring a sense of relatability that the app is severely lacking. Often, Instagram is only ever seen as a place to post perfect photos of oneself after picking through hundreds of photos just to get the right one. This photo dump trend flips the Instagram narrative completely upside down, putting less stress on people to get the perfect picture. Being a social media platform designed specifically for sharing the highlights of one's life, but the app can be overwhelming and too stressful at times, leading to many people feeling put down rather than lifted up from it. Instagram is consistently getting a bad reputation for being the social media platform only designed to bring about insecurities on others and feeling very isolating at times. Being coined by Time as the worst social media for mental health, it makes sense why one would not want to be a part of the toxic community but that is where the photo dump trend comes into play. Getting a break from flawless photos and seeing that Instagram models and influencers are normal people just like the rest of us brings a sense of relatability that was severely lacking before. Seeing these public figures not posed for a photo or doing something random makes the app more playful and less serious, which is needed so much during this time of COVID. While celebrities made this trend popular, it quickly made its way all over the app regardless of how many followers someone may have. Being able to see even friends and family members posting these unfiltered and raw photos can bring joy. Since the trend started back in 2020, it made people feel closer to friends without being near them, and since there was nowhere to go or do, the trend was a perfect excuse to post something, even if it was not an important moment. Now, almost halfway through 2022, this trend has nearly disappeared from social media. It, like every other trend, fell from the spotlight fairly quickly. Unlike other trends, however, this one needs to stay on the app for good. It has brought nothing but good times and big laughs to everyone involved, so it should not just stop because lockdown stopped. Off-guard photos and random snapshots will never go away, so might as well make the most of them and post them for everyone to enjoy. Break the standard that Instagram has set and show the imperfections in daily life that are all too often deleted and never seen. It is so refreshing seeing people be their authentic and true selves rather than doing the same pose behind a filter for the hundredth time. If we do not break down the box Instagram has put over us, we will begin to lose our connection with one another. Seeing fake photos all the time is damaging us slowly, but we never stop to think about it. Bringing back this trend for good would eliminate that completely and bring more fun to social media. Wacky photos that people would never dare to post on a regular occasion became normalized with the photo dump trend, giving the app less structure and creating a more upbeat environment within the app. Letting this trend die will result only in an endless cycle of unrealistic standards set by Instagram. Bring back this trend for good so that social media can stop creating false illusions for us. I agree. Bring back photo dumps. They're very fun. Seeing uh, a very obscure meme in the middle of a photo dump of someone's I don't know, someone's very uneventful Saturday is so funny to me, and I wish that it would stay, because why does Instagram need to be a big thing where you're posting the best version of yourself, the most face-tuned and photoshopped version of yourself? It doesn't need to be like that. Everybody has a sense of humor, everybody has um, a personality, and why not let that show through your photo dumps? why not post something that made you laugh on that Saturday where you're doing nothing but feeding breadcrumbs to pigeons? Why not? It brings a new level to who you are, who you want to be seen as. And I agree with Haley. Bring back photo dumps. I love them. Alright, with that, that brings an end to our social media series for now. There, of course, will probably be more about social media, probably more specific issues um, in our future episodes. And I really, really enjoyed learning about this, especially from a Gen Z um, perspective. And especially coming from a cusp millennial. I, I probably, I was the last, I was born in the last year that you could be a millennial. Seeing how it has gone from when I was a teenager to how it has evolved to, um, teenagers 10 years from when I was a teenager, uh, is very interesting, and I do hope that developers, politicians, even Gen Z themselves, I hope that they recognize how dangerous but also how fun social media can be and they really make it so that the app for gen alpha or other future uh, generations becomes a safer more exciting uh, more enjoyable place to be i mean the internet is a lot of fun I have a lot of fun on the internet. I just hope that it maintains that level of humor that it has right now. And I do think Gen Z has a lot to do with that level of humor. I think you guys are very funny. And keep it up. Um, that being said, if you have any opinions on this, if you want to write your own think pieces on any micro-trends that you see on social media, please submit to com slash submit or send in any letters to the editor at podcast at teenink.com. So that wraps up this series for now. Um, the next topic for next week's issue is going to be easing into adulthood, which is another topic that I care very much about. So if you have any pressing ideas if you think you have a pretty good think piece on what it means to be a teenager easing into adulthood whether you're a senior in high school or you're in your first or second years of college or you have just been saddled with a lot more responsibility um as a 14-year-old please submit i would love to read these on the podcast um i think the next episode is going to be very good So, that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will catch you on the next one. Bye!